See, the thing is, here's the problem. to agree with uh, John and Ken on this. Okay. Is that... Wait, can you, you gotta explain? I don't John and Ken, these jerk, yeah, you know, these right-wing Trump-supporting jerk-offs that are on the radio screaming in your ear while you're driving, making you angry about the world. Um, I've been on a guest on their show a couple times. Yeah, here you go. Thank you. I mean, this is very interesting. Been a guest on their show a couple times, but one of the things that they that they did bring up is that, you know what, there's committee after committee after public meeting after all this nonsense that most people are not paying attention to that stuff you know and the city has a problem where there's there's a lot of times where the city doesn't want you to know about it they don't want to make it convenient the transportation committee meeting that happens in room 1010 in downtown uh, LA very important meeting happens at 2 p.m. on a Wednesday or a Tuesday or something. The police commission happens at a 9 a.m. on a Tuesday. Nobody's going to get out to those things, you know, except for uh, people like me that have no life and I ride bikes and I make websites so I have extra time. But not everybody can do that, and that's a problem, you know. They need to, they need to figure out some other way. Like what if we had – city, you know, forums or Facebook groups where everybody could just, like, rant and rave against the city. I don't know. I see Mike Bonin's Facebook page, and it's just, like, people, like, ranting on there. It's crazy. Well, you, and you can't get ahead of the community. You can't but say to the community, the point like, is, guys, is like, you have to read more, you have to exercise yeah, more, you, you know, have to be nicer actually, to the people. No, I, I think that the people in the community need to get more involved. So what I'm seeing is that these things are happening, and it's more than just Venice Boulevard. We've got the issue with 12444 Venice Boulevard, the development by uh, Crimson Holdings. They want to create a seven-story building. And I think... Uh, what cross street? At, uh, I want to say Wasatch. Venice mm. and Wasatch. It's a two-story commercial project right now. We have these things that are coming up, mm -hmm. right? We, as stakeholders in Mar Vista, we need to be participating more. People, I know people are busy. I know people don't have time. But if we come together as a group and we have rotating assignments where we go to transportation and infrastructure, we go to Great Streets, we go to the board meeting, we go to the planning and land use uh committee meeting. Yeah. We need to get tapped in more and hear about what's happening and we need to make more input. What happened in this specific case is I took the survey in 2015 about Great Streets. I thought it was about beautifying the boulevard. They talked a little bit about doing something with the bike lane, and they talked about maybe putting sofas in the street, which I didn't think was such a Sofa great. in the street. They call we it already parklets. have too many sofas in the streets. <laughs> they, they call it parklets. There's actually one Oh, yeah, on those motor. are actually pretty cool. Those are, those are actually well, pretty cool. Well, I'm a little nervous about that because of too crazy drivers. Too close to the crazy yeah. drivers. Yeah. Right. So... Um, I took the survey, and it didn't mention lane reductions. And I thought, well, I support beautifying Venice Boulevard. I don't have a problem mm. with that. I'm not a schmuck, right? And I kind of just let it go. I didn't realize that it was more than that. And that's yeah. where the community being upset comes in. Um, I think part of the other thing, though, is when they had the presentations, I know they use these 
charrettes, right? Like these poster boards, and then you put a sticker on what you like, which yeah, is kind of that's a, a bunch crazy of way BS to. Too. I know th- there needs to be a more scientific way to collect that feedback, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's well, but something different, I mean, right? We're, well, we're talking about how you know. So they did pop up outreach. They went to the farmers market. They went to a couple a couple uh, of the coffee shops. For a project this big and this game-changing, I really feel there should have been public notice and public hearings. Now, what are the channels of getting that out, though? That's the problem is, like, what does is, what is the city really have as a channel to get that out? Okay, so let's talk about that. I love it. That. You got the notebook. I know. I, 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 let's talk about that because yeah, yeah, I yeah. said we couldn't mail notice to everybody. We're restricted I mean, with ma- our budget. Yeah. And then look at this. I have five mailers that uh-huh. have been sent out to our community okay. since this got put in. Why couldn't they have done one of these mailers before it got put in? Especially since you made a novel configuration with the street. There's actually infographics on the street teaching you how to use it. It probably would have been to everyone's benefit to get a mailer saying, we're changing the street. Here's the infographic about how you use it. That would have prevent people from parking in the protected bike lane, understanding where the new parking is. This last one is Bonin saying... Um, Maybe you know, this is his own money. Uh, I, I, these are LADOT. I think this one is his own money. He, you know, Bonin is uh, worried now because people are upset. He wants, he yeah, wants it's, your it's input. It's just crazy that that uh, they so would, see. they would. Yeah, LADOT but I mean, they put the, they put the logo on it. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. you're right. Yeah. So it's crazy that the craziness is is that we have these people, you know, taking advantage. Am I getting a call? Oh, I, I won't answer that. Um, the craziness, let's not have to, okay. We'll cut that part out. The craziness is, 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 well, I forgot what I was even going to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the craziness is that, is that uh, they, I literally can't remember what I was going to say. Can you rewind the tape? Forget it. The problem here is that the the LEDOT, if they're going to do this for everything, um, I mean, maybe that would be a good situation. Maybe they need to send out mailers all the time because what what they do is they go around and they raise speed limits and they don't tell anybody. They they have these little committee meetings. I I think that, that they need to have more outreach, which they don't do. Um, because it is true, they're, they're, they are low on budget and everything. Um, but get some budget. I don't know how they're going to do it. Get some budget. And I think that they need to first go into the residential areas and protect those residential areas better. I think even if they don't ever change the main thoroughfare, those residential streets should be more protected. I drive through... Uh, you know, residential areas where I see the signs, drive like your kids. Uh, right, live here. Yeah. yeah. I, I I always, always, always honor those signs. But I know that people don't. People drive like jerks in this town. And they drive like jerks on my street, in, fr- in front of my my house. And and I hate it, you know. And, and uh, I wish, you know, everybody could get together, like you're saying, and agree, like, hey, you know, if if everybody drove like I drive, which is, you know, the hypermiling thing, 
we wouldn't even need bike lanes because I would feel comfortable driving and not having somebody up my ass trying to get me out of the way. They're like when I drive the average speed, I'm not even passing bike riders that are on the road. I'm just driving along and they're in front of me and we make the light and it's fine. But everybody, when I'm riding my bike, they got to be on my ass and be aggressive and then speed around me and then they jam at the light. And then, of course, I come up to the light and I look at them and I say, man, give me a little break. Give me, give me some, you know, you made it here before me. Good for you, you know. But we're all going somewhere. We're all human beings. And we don't have that in L.A. because we've been designing this city to be an aggressive, might is right, cars first city. And now we're changing. And hopefully, I don't know, hopefully we can come together on at least on that, that we want a traffic grid that everybody can use and have options so, and the, but the, the, Selena, yeah, you're, you're yes. talking about how your group is not behind the recall. No, that's not something. Oh, you're, you're not pushing for the recall. No. And, oh. and you said that. Thank God for that. You're interested in t- dialogue and compromise. We are interested in dialogue and compromise. That's what that's what we would like. Don, you've talked about how the transition to the kind of traffic engineering that we're going to have to have is going to maybe painful for people. What kind of pain are people willing to inflict upon themselves to make the streets more livable? Do you think? I mean, any? I'm a trained mental health professional, right? Change is a constant in life, right? Mm-hmm. And the future is coming too as well, right? Let's not talk about pain. Let's talk about having conversations with people about this is the problem that that we have currently. This is where we want to go. Let's talk about how we get from point A to point B. Have a plan with steps. You know, ease people into this. We'll start with this. Then we'll, we'll do this, right? Offer people something, right? If you want someone to change, you can beat them over the head and they probably will be resistant. Mm-hmm. If you offer them something like better public transportation, the ability to telecommute so they don't have to drive, maybe give them a 440 or a 980 work schedule so they're off the, the road one day a week or one day every other week. Um, talk about carpooling, van pooling, push the businesses uh, to uh, offer their employees incentives so that people aren't single car driver, I mean, single person in a car driving anymore. And then work in some of these other things. If you talk to people about this ahead of time, even if they hate it, let's be realistic here, right? We don't always get a choice about whether or not we can say yes or no to a change. But you can definitely prepare people for change, and you can try to make the change easier for them to accept, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I'm coming from. So back in 2014, let's take an example. If the biking and walking groups knew that this was going to happen in Mar Vista with these changes, Mm -hmm. come and join the Great Streets Ad Hoc Committee meeting. Send a couple people from the local neighborhood. Have them participate. Have them talk about your point of view and how this is an important thing that you're working for. Get the community buy-in. My yeah, my community yeah, yeah. of Mar Vista is very open to being cutting edge and change. Mm-hmm. I've got solar panels on my roof. I went to the <laughs> Green Garden showcase like when they had it many years in a row. Mm-hmm. I pulled out my grass. I put in a drought tolerant yard. Mm-hmm. Right, we 
are open to change. We would probably have been open, more open to what happened mm. if we had been more included. Mm. One of the issues we have is our community council and actually all community councils they're supposed to be kind of like a heads up. This is coming down the pike from the city. So you need to know about this. And if you have an opinion about it, come and talk. Mm -hmm. The neighborhood councils are only advisory. They don't set mm -hmm. policy, but they're supposed to reflect, you know, the what the, the stakeholders want. Right. So we feel like. You know, if the Mar Vista Community Council knew about this and the Mar Vista Chamber of Commerce, who did the Make It Mar Vista event in the fall, actually after Thanksgiving in 2015, that was supposed to be the demonstration project about how taking a lane away. Was that during Ciclavia? No, it was separate. It was okay. uh, on a small business Saturday after Thanksgiving in 2015. And they did a, a, a demonstration? Well, I found that out because I got the CEQA exemption. Yeah. Right, and that's that's the point, right? They didn't tell everybody this was the demonstration for yeah, their project. There's just this problem, though, where there's something to be said about it, too, where people are just, they have their heads in the, the circus and the bread, you know, they're not paying attention to politics. Look at what happened. I don't know what your politics are, but it sounds like we kind of all agree that some disasters have happened lately politically. But we're just not tuned into that. We're tuned into the to the to the circus, you know? Well, you have to hit people kind of over the head with things. If yeah. you really, you have to be upfront and say, we're taking lanes away. And you probably yeah. have to say no. it like seven times until you know, people like really get it in their brain. <laughs> I wish I was paid to do this stuff because I love walking, I mean, neighborhoods and talking to the neighbors. I've done this. There was a there over in my neck of the woods in Los Feliz, um, which is how I know all these people from the Rubina thing. Um, there's a bridge. It's called the Hyperion Bridge. It is a bridge that was built in 1927, and or, or, yeah, 1927. I believe it was 1927. I could be wrong, but it's a hundred, almost a hundred year old bridge. And there are. It's a beautiful bridge. It's actually the bridge that if you go to Disneyland, they've modeled one of their little wonderland bridges after the Hyperion Bridge. The, the city, the state, it's, they came in and they originally wanted to replace it with just a straight freeway bridge, tear it down, replace it. Because what, what the deal is, is they can't widen it. You know, it's this, it's this four lane bridge and it's got sidewalks, but the sidewalks um, and parts of the bridge complex are not wide enough. It's very hostile to pedestrian uh, traffic. And there's a school there that kids run across that street. They've been hit. They, you know, it's just a, it's a bad situation. So they they were coming in there, and long story short, um, they wanted to rip out one of the sidewalks, and they were going to make it into this collision barriers and a barrier in the middle, and make it even worse for walking across. You can get from Atwater to Silver Lake. There's two charming neighborhoods connected across the river. So. Our group, our grassroots group, um, came in, saw this presentation. We're like, this is ridiculous. And we raised a bunch of ruckus. We got the project stopped. And we proceeded to go into the neighborhoods and go house to house. And the, the one thing that I made absolutely clear, the plan that we wanted was going to take out a lane heading downhill into Atwater and give us ADA compliant uh, sidewalks the length of the bridge, put in a crosswalk, 
give us buffered bike lanes so we can get to the LA River bike path. And that was one thing that I that I enjoyed was sitting there talking to homeowners and saying, look, we want to take out a lane so we can have all these other benefits. And if the city had the time to do that, um, or even the people that could sell it, you know, they don't. Um, I think But we the c- community councils and the neighborhood councils, I believe, have the the no. manpower to do it. No. If they have enough outreach, if yeah, they're doing they, enough outreach, if they got enough volunteers. I mean, I, if they get the volunteers, the problem with that, with the Atwater Neighborhood Council uh-huh. was there were, the, the, these things are like little cabals of power for people. The same thing is happening in Silver Lake. And, and like Los Feliz, I'm good with my council. They appointed me to the Citizens Advisory Committee on this whole thing. And uh, the Atwater Neighborhood Council was divided, but there was a couple people on there that are just like bulldogs, you know, bullies, really. And there's this little dynamic in there, and, and there's, there was the new businesses and the old businesses. We got 100 letters from businesses all along Glendale Boulevard saying, we want this. We accept that there's a lane that's going to be out. We know that this is going to make it a more bike-friendly connection between Silver Lake and Atwater. And then there was the little cabal of the the older businesses that didn't want it, that think, I need more car traffic to come through here. Um, Screw these bike riders. You know, there's backlash. We ended up getting two out of three neighborhood councils to vote for it. The Outwater was against it. We had, we went then, you know, we had a thousand signatures from people in the neighborhoods and business letters, we even had Bennett Kaiser, who's like the president of the LAUSD board and all the principals and parent groups. And uh, it just, um, you know, it just made so much more difference to go house to house. Ultimately, the city did not want it and they steamrolled us. And, uh, you know, they're going to rip out a hundred year old sidewalk on this beautiful bridge and they're going to put collision barricades where there's Belvedere's. It's going to look stupid, but that's what they're going to do. And uh, there's nothing you can do about it because, like they say, you can't fight City Hall. Getting back to my original point, sorry. The city should be doing this with every project. They should be in touch with the community. They're not. And this is what happens. We get people like yourself who are very well-meaning. I feel very comfortable talking to you. And I feel like we have the same goals, generally speaking. Um, But we're at odds. And, you know, if the city just hired people like us what if you and i walked around and got signatures you know well Well, and i have (laughs) been walking around i've been walking around on venice boulevard talking to the business owners so so, but yeah well then why don't you guys both do that for a compromise why don't you figure out what that would be and what would a compromise solution look like there you, you know what that's what i would like to see happen so we have been approaching the Mar Vista Community Council since July. You were there at the July meeting, yeah? Yeah. So and the town hall? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it was a board meeting. Uh, oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. And I know we started out, like, angry and, you know. There were some really, like, the I, guy, Damien Kevitt, who had his leg grinded off by a hit-and-run driver, somebody made fun of him. It was like, Wow. So my take on that wasn't that they were making fun of him. I think they were laughing about something else, and it got misconstrued. No, I saw it. Okay, I don't know. We, that can, person, we can dis- yeah, we can yeah. we can agree to disagree. What yeah. makes you think he was laughing about something else? No, it, it was I think she, it was it was she. women, and I think they were they there was either some nervous laughter about something else, or I'm well, not sure what why happened. Why do you think that? Are you just saying well they must not have been doing something no, so horrible? 
<laughs> no, because wow. I was watching. It was a high tension. I was watching mm-hmm. what was happening, and yeah. the people were distracted and not paying attention, and there were a lot of side conversations happening. So because there have been. There's been some really mean things said. So, listen, if that happens with people in my group, then you tell me and I will talk to them because that's not okay. All right? But let me go back. We've been trying to work with the Mar Vista Community Council, right, because they are supposed to represent us as the stakeholders. And what we've been trying to ask them to do is please listen to the stakeholders, right? Well, now there is a split, right? There are people that support it. There are some people that support it. Um... I guess I'll now... What is the split? Do you know? Do you have a sense of... So we did a survey on Nextdoor. I know it's not like the best, most scientific <laughs> place. Okay? Nextdoor is like the NIMBY. I know. Yeah. But it looks like... I can't even get on there. There's too many haters. And we did two polls to cover I've this heard. whole geographic area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, if you run the numbers, that's kind of the latest. So For... But there twenty two percent against seventy four percent. But it's care. against the road diet. It's yeah, not yeah, yeah. about the pedestrian improvements. It's now not this about is a the next door. Wait, what is the split? It's seventy four twenty two. So seventy four percent are diet. against the road diet. Just the road diet. The mm-hmm. lane reductions. Twenty two percent support the road diet. Now this is this is a next door. This is a next door poll. We had to do it in two different areas. So we have someone in East Venice who did mm-hmm. it for this area. Mm-hmm. And then I did it for this area here. And let me just point something out. Yeah. The planning for this only involved the Mar Vista Community Council. It really should have involved the Venice Neighborhood Council. And because L.A. and Culver City are like weirdly gerrymandered together, yeah. it really shouldn't have included the people, some people in Culver City, too. Culver City is going to come out. They're coming out with a great bike plan they have a really progressive uh right and i've seen some of the stuff that they do and it's Mm -hmm. actually their neighborhood stuff is great right and i live half a block from washington place which is Mm -hmm. culver city so i see the bike lanes on there and i see the improvement well like well the neighbor the neighborhood streets like the compact traffic circles well yeah we there's a little traffic circle at matson and sautel Mm -hmm. so i i've i'm uh familiar those are great you guys yeah. If if I if I were you, I would also. I mean, move to Culver City. No, no, no. <laughs> just just ask. This is you know, ask LEDOT for things like that, features like that. Just right. whether this thing gets reversed or not, you should be asking for that because the the cancer of our traffic system right now is ways. It's telling. It's like all these little penny pinching commuters pinching a, a minute off their commute, blasting through a neighborhood is not cool. That should be discouraged by all accounts. But it's not just ways. I take Uber and Lyft a lot. Mm-hmm. And I see the routes that the, you know, the GPS is telling them to go. And I always redirect them. Mm. I say, no, we need Because who wants to wind up at Olympic Boulevard trying to cross Olympic during rush hour? You're not at a light. How in the world are you going to get across Olympic? Mm. There was a light, like one street over. If he had just followed my directions, we would have crossed it a light it wouldn't have been an issue yeah i'm not sitting in the back of the yeah. car going oh my god am i where are we gonna get Yeah, the hit? computer's too dumb to know all this stuff you know? right and, and they, they're sending people up into the hills and uh, right. just, i i tried i tried it one time to get uh like i was i had to go over laurel canyon and it was like giving me this route through the hills and i was like yeah. this is somebody's neighborhood i don't want to drive through somebody's neighborhood i just want to give me the main streets and just tell me how long it's going to take i accept it so um 
Yeah. I know this isn't a scientific poll. It yeah, would be and great. next door is just a horrible it, well, place. And it would be great if we had the money to hire a polling firm. Well, what if we got together, what if we got a whole bunch of volunteers and we just went house to house? I mean, this is we a huge area. We could do that, area. too. It is a huge There's area. There's probably 30,000, 40,000 people or 50,000 people that live There's 40,000 people in Mar Vista. I think there's another 40 or oh. more in Venice. So and we only have 2,000 people surveyed? So, yeah, 1,965. But that's more than that's the four. Lot. There's more than that's the 422 lot. people that took the Great Street Survey back in 2015. <laughs> yeah. The city and is the worst. We've been to the far Marvista's Farmer's Market. We were at the Marvista Art Walk in September. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been trying to canvas as much as we can, you know, but it takes volunteers. Yeah, um, I know. We, yeah. I mean, we, we've been going to the Neighborhood Association meetings to talk to people. The thing of this is that there's always going to be people who are going to be resistant to change. Yeah. But if you at least give people the information and an opportunity to talk about it and let them know, you know, this is how we'll use your well, feedback. What, if, what about, like, do you think I'm crazy? Like, I grew up here and I drove, I drive, I own two cars they're both gas guzzlers. I get some cred here, don't I? And am I crazy? But cars, we're just not going to solve it. You're not going to widen the streets enough that, that cars are going to, that we're going to get rid of traffic. I, I could look in Google and I see traffic jams from the 50s. You know, they're not going to solve it. And they've, they've been trying forever. And I don't feel crazy when I say that if you, give people options they're gonna start taking other forms of transportation if and sadly in some places that means reducing lanes to create a safe space for people to ride bikes to walk across the street to take public transportation you know i i don't feel crazy when i say that as a native yeah, angelino and and if we could bring this big picture to everybody including the haters on next door and just say look it's not working we're we're the boiling frogs and we're and our eyes are bulging it's just not working please can we have some other the bulging eyeballs no the boiling frogs the boiling, the boiling frogs. frogs i love it yeah the frog stays in the water until it realizes until it, it too dies. late that yeah. it's boiling we're, and it's gonna die we're there we're it's over it's over we need options and yes there's going to be some pain where there's traffic jams but if we can have a connected grid where people can do their three mile trips mm -hmm. and reduce traffic on our streets Mm -hmm. At least give, give us options. You know, maybe we're not going to reduce traffic. We're not going to reduce traffic because traffic's just going to be insane no matter what. But I want the option to choose not to drive a car. That's going to make it better for everybody in the long run anyways, even the people that still drive. Can we reduce the 50% of people that are making short trips by 25% and give them the option to ride a bike? I feel like that would just be revolutionary for the whole city of Los Angeles. And I love this city as much as I hate this city. I love this city. And I just feel like if we can give people that big picture and get the word out that we get more buy-in. Don't you think more of those next door people, if they, if they were tuned into the big picture and well, they were like, okay, I accept a little know, bit of pain so we can get to the big picture. Selena, goal. Selena is your chance to talk to these people, Don. <laughs> hey, 
I want to sit in front of all of them, all 2,000 of them, and, you know, maybe there'll be some chicken wire up so they can't throw bottles at me. <laughs> but No, if they make throw the bottles, I'll take care of them. No, n- so I am a native You'll Angelino. protect me? I am a native Angelino. My mom was actually born here. My grandparents were the generation that was part that took the red cars out. So in a lot of ways, I feel like today I am suffering the consequences of decisions that my grandparents made. Yes. You know, I love you, Grandma and Grandpa, but... <laughs> you, you guys know, were this too wasn't... excited about machines. Yeah, right. So I agree that moving forward, especially if the goal is to increased development, bring more people into Los Angeles, right? Well, I don't know and if we can, that's necessarily we, Well, goal, we can yeah. debate that, okay? Yeah, yeah. The reality is, is we need multiple modes of transportation that people can make choices Mobility. about. Mobility is the goal. Right. So, for example, my husband works uh, Glendale adjacent across the river from the L.A. Zoo for a pharmaceutical company. Okay. When they put the metro in... I said to him, please investigate if you went to the station in Culver City and you took it downtown mm. and then you wound it up in Union Station and then you took the Metrolink because there's a Metrolink stop not too far from his work. Right. Okay. If you did that, would that make you feel better about your commute? Because he's upset. He's angry. That is a horrifying He gets commute. home and he's like always in a bad mood, right? Now, do you, where do you work? I don't because I'm retired and I'm a person with disabilities and that's okay. why I'm retired. So I, I talked mm. to him about this and I and he investigated it and he said, Selena, this Took is going to take hours. me twice as long to get to work than by car. Yeah. So, you know, and that's disappointing to hear because that would have been a great option for him. Now, but here, instead, here's something that's on the horizon, though. What? Expo line is going to go through um, downtown. Uh, it's called the Regional Connector, right? And the Regional Connector will take you through downtown and it becomes the Gold Line. And there may be a connection between the Expo Line. Let's see. You know, there is the L.A. River Bike Path. I don't know if your husband is able to bike, but um, the L.A. River Bike Path passes near uh, the Gold Line. And in the future, the Expo Line will be the Gold Line. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a chance of taking the Expo line, then hitting the LA River bike path and getting over to, uh, you know, where he works. Because mm-hmm. there is a new bridge that's coming in too that's connecting Glendale to the LA River. There's there's a bunch of things happening at the same time. Right. So my so if we can make it so that it's not just public transit but public rapid transit. So like mm. when I've gone to New York or I've gone to Washington D.C. as a visitor. I, I take the subway. Yes. It gets me everywhere I need to go. Uh, it's not a, a terribly long walk to get from the station, yeah. to the station, from the station, right? I, I agree that this is the direction we need to move in. I agree that it would be great for my husband to be able to take an alternate form of transportation. Now, what he did do is he started carpooling. So okay. on the days when he doesn't have to drive, he's a much happier person. <laughs> but, Aren't we all? But, you yeah. know, I, I mean, that speaks to um, having a toolbox with lots of different tools, options, yeah. lots of different options. So, you know, the road diets are not the only way to slow down speeders. And like we've already talked about, when there's not a lot of traffic, it doesn't prevent people from speeding. But we can look at well, tools. Well, it, 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 it does hush speeding. That is a proven effect. 
but people could still speed down Venice Boulevard. I I was out I was out late at night putting up our lawn signs on Venice Boulevard, and I saw people speeding down. Yeah, absolutely. Now the thing about it is, it's not just about bikes; it's about crossing. You know, those lanes, so you're crossing four lanes of speeding traffic. Is that really safer? No. But it's, well, is it is it safe? No. But it's safer than crossing six lanes of speeding traffic. But the thing of it is, is that if, if we have these tools, I would also like to see the tools used appropriately, right? Mm-hmm. So a conversation about is Venice Boulevard really a good candidate today for a road diet? And if it's not... And that's the the direction that you we kind of agree it needs I think, to go. I think all How of Venice we... should be reduced to four lanes. There should be uh, protected bike lanes the entire length, or at least buffered bike lanes. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not a stickler on protected bike lanes, but buffered bike lanes, and and you've now created this this commuter corridor that somebody could take the Expo Line to National. Hop on a bike, get over to you know Snapchat offices or wherever they're going, and uh, be fine. You know, be, feel safe. I would feel safe uh, with that option. I I'm a warrior cyclist. I will go down Venice Boulevard, but I don't feel good about it when cars are whizzing by at 50, 60 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, between red lights. You know, because the lights are really distant, but. Uh, you know, talking. Let's go back to your to your husband's commute. How long is your husband's commute, by the way? What, what like uh, time wise? Why don't we have red light cameras again? Oh, because they see, were outlawed. I know there's there are these people that are working behind the scenes. Because people are having affairs, they're driving with their person they're having the affair with, and they don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, them. No. no, there's a national push, um, and there are a, there are people here in Los Angeles that are part of this push to get take out. Red light cameras to take out uh, speed cameras, you know. Well, actually, I don't think we have speed cameras. No, because there's, there's, I, I believe there's some kind of law here. Well, it's about that if you're going to be accused of doing something that you need to be accused in person. So you need to have the police officer actually pull you over and say, I pulled you over because you ran this yeah. red light. Yeah, and that's just uh, antiquated and... We could we could have so much. They do it in Europe. They they have the speed cameras in Europe, and that's why they drive. You know, they drive so courteously. Would so, that be an example but, but, uh, of but, another way of controlling speed? Absolutely. Right. So actually, I I, I can't remember. Was it the NTSB this summer was pushing? U.S. Limits 2, which is a new uh, speed limit setting tool, it takes the 85th percentile, the 50th percentile, and then accident information for a street. You put that all in, and it generates a speed limit. What is that 85th percentile? The, 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 uh, in 2004, there was a law in California that came out called the 85th percentile law where um, – they it basically it was meant to stop uh, little towns like Bishop or whatever from from uh, suddenly changing the speed limit from you know the highway goes through their town you're going 55 and suddenly the speed limit becomes 25 mm. and the cops can just sit there and pick you off like a sitting duck. Right. That's that that was the kind of gist of it, but it's being abused because the LADOT uh, measures their speeds here and people are speeding from red light to red light and then 
you know, because the speed limit has to be set at whatever the 85th uh, percentile of, of traffic speed, free-flowing traffic is, um, that is this feedback loop of increasing speed limits mm-hmm. here in Los Angeles. That's why we have this stupid system where you could drive down a street and block by block you have a different speed limit. And then it ends up people just ignore all the speed limits. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, but if this is like a pilot project on Venice Boulevard, implementing a tool like U.S. Limits 2, trying it out and seeing if setting the speed limit using that tool, that would be appropriate for a pilot project, right? One of the other yeah, things US you could do, two. right, it's, yeah. it's, uh, I think it's the NTSC website. Is that the website. one where they have a, a speed camera? Well, yes. So they pair it with the speed camera, right? Mm-hmm. And you I, actually get a ticket? My understanding is the speed cameras, they clock you at one position, the second position, and then that's how they determine your speed. But they would give you a ticket if you're breaking the speed limit? That, my understanding is that states that allow that implementation, that's what's happening. Mm. Right. That would be useful. That would be useful. So if it's a pilot project, we could try it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we could also try something else that one of our community members was talking about was if you have the three lanes for cars, but you narrow the lanes, which is proven to slow people down. Sure. And then you take that extra space and you add it to the bike lane. Mm-hmm. That might be a way to increase. The yeah, bike. you could create a buffer. Right. And then if it was, if it was Get people the old out of the configuration. Door right. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the, I think their problem is, is that buses are, they need 11 foot lanes or something. But that, that, I advocate for narrowing lanes all the time and the LEDOT resists it. I mean, and the community resists it. Well, but again, the, with the community resistance, I think if you talk to the community and you tell them and you let them have their say, you tell them, you know, this is what you get to decide, this is what you don't. There's a lot to be said by just giving people the information. Yeah. You won't always convince everybody, yeah. but then they can't come back and like they're doing yeah. now and yeah, say, yeah, yeah. hey, you didn't tell us this was yeah. going to have a road diet. I mean, in the early days of like active activating for this, uh, I used to think that the LADOT did this on purpose, that they wouldn't tell someone like there was a road diet out in the valley and they just, it was a four-lane street. And it, it, like, when I really looked into it, eight people died on that street in a two-mile stretch in 10 years. Are you talking about Wilbur? Yes. Okay. And uh, the community plan going back to 1998 called for this street to be uh, changed um, to uh, make it safer. And I just feel like... At the time, the LADOT just slammed in this road diet, and everybody got all up in arms. And um, I worked on that, you know, because actually my mom lives in the area, or she did, rest in peace, Mama. Mm-hmm. She passed away this year. But uh, I was out there, and I was going door to door, and people were like, yeah, this street is insane, you know. And I brought my little, my little uh, matchbox cars. Speaking of speaking of my mama, she saved all my old toys, like the sweetheart that she was. But I brought it to kind of illustrate. Sorry, you can't see it out there, radio, radio audience. But I got my little my little Lego man. But you've got this situation where you've got you know four lanes, and not only is it hard to cross because of the blind spots. Mm-hmm. Some people were stopping because they had to pull into their driveway. You know, like you're speeding mm-hmm. down the road. The left lane is traditionally in the fast lane. Right. So somebody would stop to make a left into their driveway, and you've got this car 
uh, you know, speeding along behind, all of a sudden, whoa, you know, just notices because everybody's checking Facebook. Boom, crash. Or this car making the left, you've got two cars coming this way, and there's really this kind of blind situation where, you know, you're gauging the speed of this car, and there's another car blasting up past it, and boom, another crash happens, you know. The, it's just the four-lane street going through a residential area is a dangerous situation or a business district. Did that and clarify the, the road configuration for you? And does the little astronaut help that this <laughs> Lego man? Hey, like I'm the just, little Lego man I'm has to get across. I'm just stuck on how cool this Hot Wheel is. This looks like one of the ones my brother used to play with. <laughs> These are the ones that are in good condition, too. Like, I tried to find ones that weren't. Look at the windshield is broken on this. But I agree with the point you're making, right? Those ambulance. Too. We're not saying that every road diet application is inappropriate, right? Right, right. It does work. Work and, and we're not saying every road needs a road diet. Okay, so, you know, and so if we have these tools, all we're asking is to please have them applied, you know, properly, right? And, and yeah. to look at other tools. If that's, if the road diet isn't a, the proper tool to use, then let's look for other tools to, yeah. to accomplish the same job. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, you know, we got to have a big conversation about that across the city and it's happening and... Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's, it's, it's, there's a civil rights issue to it. Like every street should be ADA compliant. Every street should have safe passage, even for those who can't afford or drive a car. You know, my mom lost her ability to drive and it was scary to me to the, the fact that she was crossing this four lane road, you know, to get somewhere, um, because a lot of times I see that the that the LADOT doesn't even give you long enough time to cross the street. Right. They you know? don't. Yeah. I, it's <clears throat> so sad when I see an elderly person with their walker and they can't make it across the street. And there's some somebody who's impatient from behind that doesn't see the elderly person or whatever. And they speed around. And it's just like, come on. Like, come on. Let's just relax. Slow down. Relax. You're going to get there. And, hey, give us some options while you're at it. And give us safe passage. Get, let me get across the street. Let's make this into a small town again. You know? Los Angeles, can we be a small town again? I don't know if we can go backwards. But I think we're getting to a point where it's it's becoming very clear that change is needed. Mm-hmm. And, again, you know, as a social worker, worked with a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds trying to help them make changes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about activating our community, getting our stakeholders more involved, and having discussions about, well, what do we want this to look like? And, uh, and on the same hand, you know, talking about plans to get us from A to B, talking about all the tools we could use, right? Because let's go back to Vision Zero for just a second. Vision Zero is supposed to be about using the best engineering technology we have to apply to the problem, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know that that's happening on Venice Boulevard at the moment. Yeah, I mean... I would like it to happen. And, And to be honest with you, I would like to have traffic engineers part of this conversation because they're the ones that have the tools. I'm a social worker. I'm good at bringing people together, getting them talking, you know, expressing their opinions, right? I want to see the data. I want to have a conversation about data. I want to hear from the traffic engineer that says, you know, these are the things we can do. 
I understand that in LADOT, you know, there is a transition happening between yeah, the car that, people. Yeah. And, but then Salida Reynolds is attracting newer people who yeah. are, are on board with Vision Zero, on board with doing things differently. Yeah. If we're going to go through this transition period, let's start talking about how yeah. we make it happen. And the most important thing is, is when you implement these kinds of changes, make sure you do it in a way that it's going to be successful. So the community will be like, well, I don't know if we like it, but then you have it and it's like, oh, well, it looks like it's working. Yeah, we need more. We need more data. We definitely need more data. I want more data. And, and I want somebody to figure it out for me because every time I see that Switters <laughs> thing, it's just, it's like the, the, so, the tool is not, give me Google. Give me Google <laughs> Maps. Let me see the crashes. Let me zoom in. Don't, don't give me this BS GIS program or whatever they're Oh, INREX. I don't know. They just need to, somebody put some money into this and let's have a real tool so we can see what's going on. Or if you want to do it on the cheap, I mean, I'm not recommending you do it, yeah. but we've got schools of urban planning at UCLA and USC. Yeah. Someone pony up some money, some prize money, put these young minds to work coming up with plans. But I mean, they do do that. You do realize like... <sighs> The thing about it is we've overbuilt our streets, you know. We have these vicious streets. And, you know, Alexis brought this up last time. He was, I guess he was trying to put me in a corner or whatever. But it was like, how's, how are the road diets working in, in Sweden? And it's like, I don't think they have road diets because they didn't build their streets like dummies to begin with. You know, they didn't build six-lane streets through a neighborhood to begin with. They just have... They just have normal streets that give everybody a path, you know, and therefore young people and able-bodied people, they choose to ride bikes. You know, people that uh, need to drive cars or trucks or do deliveries, they drive cars and do deliveries. But most people tend to ride bikes in these countries and you can find videos online where they're riding in the snow, you know. And I've ridden out there in those conditions in the winter, and I'm like, man, I don't know how they do it. I need to get back to California. But, you know, we have this, we get like rain three days a year. This, this would be a wonderful place if we rebuilt our roads so that people felt comfortable. You know, uh, one of the things of Vision Zero is the 880 principle where Everyone from eight years old to 80 years, years old feels comfortable on our public space, on our streets. I, I wish L.A. could just snap, it fing snap its fingers and get there. It's obviously going to take, you know, 10, 15, 20 years to get there. And that's what the pain is. Well, but that's okay. I mean, it, it took this long for the car culture to kind of, you know, get established and peak and now, you know, it's not working. So if it takes that kind of investment in time, you know, let's let's do it. Let's not let that be a deterrent, but let's do it in a way that makes sense, that now, engages the community. Do you think let's have a community meeting with these folks from uh, It's Restore Venice? Mm-hmm. Why don't we set up a community, uh, like I said, the chicken wire's got to go up and everything. <laughs> but do, no, you think, <laughs> do you think that a lot of people, like, would you be willing to give it some time? Would you be willing to give it a year and see how it plays out rather than rushing to switch it to some other configuration? You know, like, 
Bonin, I've seen Bonin uh, talk about making some changes to the left turn lane, painting the bike lanes green and things like that. You know, would you guys or would you personally be willing to give it some time and talk about it more and talk about the big picture more with the rest of your group? You know, maybe it's all of your group versus me and Nick and we have, you know, hockey gear on and Mm -hmm. chicken wire and we have a conversation. (laughs) So first of all, the hockey gear and the chicken wire isn't necessary. The, the real problem here is that we've actually gone six months already mm-hmm. and the community doesn't see things getting better, mm-hmm. right? We see things getting worse. So we're, we're in a position... But what is it? Like, what, what are you seeing that's getting worse? The, where is... Is this data-driven? Is this... What, what's, what is... Uh, what is the definition of worse? So it's the community reporting about the collisions. Okay. It's the community reporting also about uh, the collisions that are happening in the protected bike lane between mm-hmm. cars and bikes. Mm-hmm. We're up to 11 now mm-hmm. since May 20th. And overall... And I love that you're calling it collisions. Yeah, I, I told you by the end of the <laughs> it's, day... It's becoming, it's um, becoming natural. I know. And okay. then, you so, know, yeah, overall, 11, yeah. overall collisions ha- are now at 33 since the end, since May 20th. Overall collisions, 33? That includes the 11 with the cars versus bikes. Okay. And that's fender benders? Uh, right. So th- I showed you some of the pictures. I'd be curious, like, we should go further down Venice, too, um, in a different area of Venice and do a control, right? Like, and see... What, what are the collisions like over here, you know? Actually, if we could get the insurance industry data, like I you know, mentioned, yeah. that would probably paint the best picture because yeah. they're, they're collecting information about all levels of accidents. Yeah, yeah. And actually, the folks who do the crash tests, uh-huh. there is an, uh, a group associated with them, a nonprofit, that does aggregate insurance information. Huh. And I have thought about trying to approach them yeah. and ask them if, because they collected based on car model. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, way back when they used to talk about redlining and they would have geographic area for the insurance and then they would increase it certain places yeah. and not. They, they have to have that capability. I know. Because I know the LADOT and I know that LAPD is not collecting the full picture. Yeah, they, you know, uh, we had to do a bunch of uh, public comment actions at the police commission um, about hit and runs. And finally, actually, Chief Beck was very receptive to us. Um, he actually, uh, you know, got us... Uh, his uh, deputy or uh, deputy chief, Michael Moore, to work with us on the hit and run problem. And they actually uh, added hit and run collisions to the CompStat report, which was amazing. And uh, I feel like uh, like what you're talking about, if we all got together and, uh, you know, I don't know where you'd go, which body you'd go to, but, you know, demanding the data on all of our streets on all the collisions, I think it would look horrifying, but uh, we should have that data. But then if we have that data, then we could have a conversation about what's really happening. I, I mean, again, I understand what what we are presenting seems like anecdotal data. And, and I acknowledge that that's not the best way to have a conversation. But yeah. again, we asked LEDOT for the information they back on August 8th. They don't, I, have I, the, they don't have the collision data. Mm-hmm. Something. The, um, the point of this pilot pro- project is to get data. 
So stopping it in the middle is actually anti-data in mm. a way. I mean, you know, that's what this is. So if mm. LADOT was actually releasing the data like mm. they said they would at 30 days, 90 days, six well, I saw months? That, I saw that they did. Well, they sent it in the, the flyers they sent to all of us, but that's not a complete no. data set. Well, what do you mean complete data set? Well, we're talking about raw data. We're talking about data that they haven't, you know, oh, the, statistics the straight on. raw numbers? Right, You exactly. don't believe them when they say, like, uh, the... the uh, I, I saw the graphics that were made where so it was like liars. They have not. Yeah. They have not had a straightforward and transparent relationship with our community, right? If they had, yeah. Um, you know, there is a lack of trust here. Yeah, yeah and, yeah. and you can understand why. Absolutely. Right. I don't trust them. Um. So. I don't. I don't trust you. I don't trust. I don't know. I don't trust. Uh, well, you shouldn't uh, have to operate on trust. Right. Right. We need, we need the raw data. Yes. Right. We should be able to operate on information and have a conversation based but on that. But also, I mean, when they said, okay, these guys are presumably somebody in there knows something about. Well, uh, and who is it? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that I think they would tell you who it is. But it, I think when they who chose. Who is it that collects the data? When they chose. Who's a, it, who is it that's bureaucrat. in charge? When they said they were going to do it for a year to collect data, maybe that's because there's some something involved in this project that takes a year to measure to compare it to the last year and you know people have to get over when you make a change to a street people are unfamiliar there's a learning, there's a learning curve yeah there's I a mean, learning curve. maybe fender benders will happen and then lighten up but maybe you wouldn't know that if you pulled it out as soon as you found out that they were fender benders Right. So right now, would you be what people to are wait? well, what okay. So right now, what people are saying is that there's there's not a decrease in the fender benders, right? But they don't That's know concerning. because they didn't measure it beforehand. That's true. That's a valid point. Now, but it, then, it, is there a decrease in serious injury and death also? So you need because we're know, talking about that trade-off between fender benders and death. Right. So you need to know that in the and really not just fender benders and death. When you have a street that uh, is hostile, you're also discouraging people from walking across that street or biking on that street. So there's, a, there's some kind of element there, too, and it just makes it hard to but measure. How, can we talk? Is it possible? Like, um, an element of fear that's hard to measure. Yeah. But do we have, like, information that shows that Venice Boulevard is hostile? Remember, this yes, project... Yes, we have Twitter's data that shows that there were, what, you said five deaths? To, to your group, That's five hostile. deaths, you bring up five deaths as a low number, I think. Yeah. When you say five deaths, you're like, ah, it's just so, five deaths But you know, you know that Vision Zero, right? Let me show you another piece of paper But here. if that was like five people in your family... Well, yeah. <laughs> you'd be and like, I'm oh, not, my God. I'm not, if I'm you not, saw it happen, you'd be I'm like, not, oh, my God. I'm not trivializing that, yeah. right? But that's but indicative of a hostile street. Right, but let's 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 step back a minute. We didn't start Great Streets Venice Boulevard because someone identified that there was a problem that needed Great to be Great Streets fixed. is different than Vision Zero. Right, but that and that's where the confusion comes in, right? It started as Great Streets. It started as beautifying, supporting our businesses. Then it became making it easier to cross the street. Right. Then it became like this whole other thing that the community wasn't prepared for. You and mean, well, as far as you knew, the it community wasn't, about it wasn't paying attention to the little committee 
committee stupid right. meetings. Right. Some people knew. Which most people don't pay attention to. And they're 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 not they're not you know, no one's wrong for not paying attention to these little bullshit meetings. So, but let's look at this because this is out of the Vision Zero, what does it say here? The action plan for 2017. Priority if, Corridor, Crenshaw, right, Main they've, Street. They've yeah. named these. But if you look across here Spring, on Venice Temple. Boulevard yeah. between Beethoven and Inglewood, yeah. the KSI. Kills per mile. Kills and serious injuries per mile. I, I don't like the way they labeled that. But it's a one, right? Yeah. Right? So I know that they're trying to make a point saying one that per mile. That's so can I just can we talk yeah, about Yeah, go ahead, like, take it. Oh, twenty five. Yeah, twenty five Where is that? Sadako. Oh Pico, yeah, Pico's Pico. awful. Wow. Some of these streets are just insane. Um but one I think one kill per mile is a lot. Well, it's the that's lowest a lot. on the thing. I know it is a lot. Well, zero well, is the lowest. Here, here's, a part, here's a part of Venice that's four kills per mile. So here's the here's the thing. We wow. know that there are parts of Venice Boulevard that are high injury network. Yeah. We would make an argument that our stretch of Venice Boulevard probably is not in the high injury network. The argument that Nat Gale made to us was, well... Yeah, you guys have a, a low KSI per mile, but if we make the changes here, it'll affect the entire corridor. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not quite playing out. It's causing well, we don't know that yet. Why did he right. say that? We don't have the data why, on that. Why, why, why did he say that? Why would why would changes there affect the whole corridor? I don't know. You'd have to ask him. Um, probably we because we've like, created a choke point and and it reverberates in both directions. Yeah, but where's where's let's look at the one. Arlington that's, and Figueroa. That's I mean, that's east. that's pretty far away from yeah, Mar Vista. It's gnarly over there. There's I'm a lot not, of schools over there. I'm not sure how making changes in Mar Vista would help over there. Well, the, the, the big picture goal, though, is that Venice should return to its former glory as a four-lane rail car you know, business corridor that it used to be before the powers that be screwed it up and made it into this freeway. You know, because it would be great if we could go back in time and we can and we, we are, you know, we are you going to take back some in time. things that you like because in the past, because back in time means going back to, I when mean, America you look was, at all the old films <laughs> when America, yeah, we're going to make, we're going to make American great again. Cool. Let's do it. Oh, wait, that's a great well, slogan. Okay. No, but if you look at, if you look at the old uh, footage of, of some of these streets, like downtown, like. Glendale Boulevard, there are people that just walk across the street, you know. There, there's business. There's all kinds of activity going on. These used to be great streets, you know. Mm-hmm. And we, we decided in the 50s, everybody was going to drive everywhere. I'm going to drive to go get my mail, all this stuff. And we redesigned our streets like Glendale Boulevard into being freeways and we did that with venice we took out the rail car and we made it into a freeway and now people treat it like a freeway the good news is is that right away that median is still there save it because pedestrians need a refuge trust me they're not going to remove it because it's going to cost too much to take it out medians actually medians actually are are a good thing they're they're a pedestrian safe zone mm-hmm. you know in terms of putting the the red line back or something similar <laughs> that'd be awesome they put utilities in the middle of the street yeah they're now. not going to bring that car back yeah. but 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 
you know, we can still make it a walkable street. And that was the goal with the Great Streets thing is to make it walkable. And make and, – and that's playing out. Like, York – you know what's funny about York is York used to be a four-lane. And there's a business corridor there that's from the 20s, buildings. And they made it into a two-lane. And nobody complained. It was a two-lane for two or three years. And then they put in bike lanes and everybody's like, oh, my God. And the thing was, is like, <laughs> I think people just, they, they look at bikes and they're like, yeah, but you these know- hippies go back to China. Somebody actually yelled that to me when I was like <laughs> petitioning. <laughs> like I was on my bike in the valley and someone in a big honking four by four drives by and he's like, Go back to China. So you know there was always a bike lane. People think you're a communist. No, I know. On Venice Boulevard. The problem with it was is the door zone and the speeding traffic and that people would just park in the bike lane. And And you do know that among local cyclists, and we do have cyclists in our group, right? There is some debate about whether or not the protected bike lane is better or if we should actually go back to the way it was. Now, I'm one of those bike riders, too, where, where, okay, I know the guys, the guys from LaGrange are, uh, some of them are against the uh, protected bike lanes. LaGrange is that bike club? They're bike racers. They don't like to slow down. They like to ride in traffic. Me too. You know, as I get older, I'm like, you know what? I don't like to like dry, ride in traffic anymore. But um, those warrior cyclists are, there's some of them that don't like this. And it's like, like you got to slow down too. You know, the bike riders got to slow down too because there's pedestrians crossing. And the protected bike lanes, you know, they. They do have some issues. They need to be tweaked. And, I, and I've and seen some of the things that Mike Bond is proposing, and I like them. So if you um, were... But, but it is true that you have to slow down as a cyclist even. And that makes it safer for pedestrians, you know. This is, this is also a learning curve for cyclists. This happened in New York where people had to, you know, you got your bike messengers that ride like maniacs that now ride in this, in this bike lane, this channelized bike lane that, that don't like slowing down. Right. You know, but I also have to say I, I'm not real sympathetic to them. I mean, it's, um, a, it's a very small small group who, of people. The, people the, who the warrior it's, it's such They like we don't want bike lanes for everybody because we like to drive among the cars, and you know. Yeah, I want I want a mom and and a bucket bike with kids in it to be able to, to ride down Venice Boulevard, and I would not want my wife and kids in this bike lane that used to exist on Venice. Right. But one of the things that our group has done, the cyclists in our group have done, is they put together a proposal that went in front of the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee for the MVCC. Mm-hmm. And they were um, What's their proposing proposal? a safe route bike way where you would use quieter side streets. You would yeah. use See, the existing. I need to get to this coffee shop. I need to get to this bike <laughs> shop. I need to get to this bowling alley. Like, that's, yeah. that's the problem with, with suggesting side streets is the, the same people that are making that suggestion are the same kind of bike riders that are like crosstown bike riders that, that there is no... There's no reconciling that once you get to your destination, you need to be able to get to the shop. That's going to reduce the traffic. Mm -hmm. If you can get somebody to the shop without a car, Mm -hmm. 
you're going to reduce the traffic by, you know, I'm guessing if 50% of the trips are local trips, how many people do you think would, would take a bike for a local three-mile trip if, they, if it was completely safe? How many moms and bucket safe. bikes? Yeah. Of uh, that 50%, I bet you 20, 25% would choose to ride a bike rather easily. than drive their car. Well, and then once it became the culture... Yeah. Well, so it sounds like, I mean, I, I am not a bicyclist. I used to ride my bike when I was younger mm-hmm. and it's not, I'm, unless you, you can help me raise the $2,500 to get a motorized bike. It's not really going to happen. An electric bike? Yeah. And a tricycle, please. In, in mo- oh, tricycles need, are great. I need something that has more stability. Yeah. No, tricycle. There, there was a woman who uh, was in Los Feliz who would ride up and down Vermont and I was always scared for her because that is a terrorizing street. And she was on her tricycle. She was probably 80, 90 years old. I'm wow. sure she passed away now. But I used to love seeing her because I was like, mm. you keep it going. You keep it going, girl. Cause t- so you do know there is also a Bike Mar Vista committee for, through NVCC. Mm-hmm. And again, um, you know, I would love... Yes, Rob Cadota is the the chair of that committee. He's also he's also the board. You got some insight. He's also the board member for the Marvista Community Council now. I mean, the board chair. Yeah. But um, I mean, I think that that would be a great place for the bicycling community to come and have a discussion about what works best on Venice Boulevard. And in addition, you know, what other infrastructure do you need? Is a quiet side street route maybe better for the mom and the kids cycling? through the neighborhood versus going on Venice Boulevard. Not if they're trying to get somewhere that's a business, right? But if they're trying to go across town, uh, that's why I love 4th Street Bicycle Mm -hmm. Boulevard. I choose 4th Street because it is a quiet residential with a lot of stop signs that I... California roll on. Fuck it. Let's just put it out there. I California roll stop signs. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) But I use that calm side street to get across town. Mm -hmm. I still have to get out on Santa Monica Boulevard and go to the, you know, I go to, I buy my clothes at the Army Surplus store. So it's the only place that has clothes in my size. Huh. Mm-hmm. But so I have to get out on, on Santa Monica Boulevard and that is a terrorizing street. Mm-hmm. People still need to get to the coffee shop. They still need to get to the bike shop. There's a bunch of businesses here that you want people to feel comfortable going to. Right. Well, and, and walking to. Right. And so when I was younger and I biked, I used to meet my mom at this gym at Sherman Way and Reseda, right? But what but I did is I took Lindley down to get close enough to then get over there. Lindley is still a horrifying street. That but street it was better in what? the in the 80s and it, the yeah. 70s. It doesn't, <laughs> it, I don't know why it's okay. Yeah, yeah, they had a lot of orange groves out there at the time, huh? The Actually, 80s. they were taking them all down and building houses. Isn't that just the saddest thing? On a side note, is that the the valley really should have remained orchards and small towns like Van Nuys and over by uh, Canoga and Sherman Way. You know, there was a little township there that was served by the railroad. They should have kept it farmland and we could add local farms and and they just ruined it from the 50s thanks a lot boomers or whoever was well no actually if you look at an old Hugh Hauser episode (laughs) I love he he basically said that the LA Times had a supplement that they would send to the Midwest twice a year Mm. 
where they would encourage Midwesterners to come and move to, to Los Angeles. Now, why did they do that? And <laughs> they called it, this is a horrible name, but they kind of called it the white spot. I mean, if you watch the Seelhauser. Oh, my God. So they were actively trying to get people like to come. Like the white spot? Yeah, that's what they called it. I they were, they, you know, I have a feeling that there was probably uh, an initiative. Um, you know, it's, you can't put it past our basically racist past of government and so forth that was like, hey, there's too many Latinos here, you know, because this used to be Mexico. We need to get more white people out here. And they probably, it probably goes all the way back to the gold rush. They probably propagandized everybody like, oh, there's gold over there. Move to California. So we could like basically outnumber uh, Latinos here in what used to be Mexico mm-hmm. and, and Native American lands. I mean, you know, you can't put anything past them. But here we are and we are where we are. And uh, Los Angeles is still this city that people want to be here and they're moving here. And there's housing issues, and you mentioned this thing down Venice. Um, I would not be shocked if there's a push to reduce the capacity of that housing on Venice. And it's probably due to people thinking like, oh, the traffic is going to be insane if we build more housing here. But the opposite ends up happening where you allow people to live closer to their work within a three-mile range of their work. Um, you actually end up getting less traffic or less, you know, less pressure on the, on the streets. Well, and but that only works if the people that are actually living there actually work locally, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know, my dad worked for the Aerospace Corporation for twenty eight years. Yeah. My father in law worked for TRW for like decades as well. You know, Segundo. Uh, down in. Um, was it Torrance or mm-hmm. somewhere around somewhere there? Around there. Uh, El Segundo adjacent. That's where they all are. Um, the reality with the work market now is that people change jobs a lot. And if you want to buy a house and you want to, you know, have kids, if yeah. you had to uproot and move all the time to get closer to your job, with the housing market and the way the prices are, that's it can be a pretty big ask. Yeah. Um I would argue that part of that goes into your choices. Am I going to leave this job? You know, if you have, like, if you have a kind of a, is that the timer telling us? It's kind of, of, but I'll be right back. <laughs> you need it. Is it? Um, is it a booty call or what's going on over there? I mean, he's, he's. Anyways. So have so, you been enjoying this conversation? I have. I, I really, <laughs> it's amazing, actually. You know, all of this stuff that I read online of the people that are heckling Mike Bond, it looks so mean. And uh, when I meet, like, you and Alexis was very personable and amicable, it just feels like there's a chance for us to get together and, and uh, you know, work this out and um, actually see the bigger picture i mean both of you guys see my bigger picture and i see your bigger picture of more mobility and more you know options we just aren't there and it's okay there's pain and there's transition and how do we mitigate that in a different way than than they've been trying for years um in my mind 
they just keep doing the same mistakes over and over. And we've gotten to this point where culturally we can change. I don't know if you feel the same way, but, you know, definitely the people on next door. Um, well, I don't know. Can we, can we, somehow honest. that's become like the spot where. Let's be honest. Social media doesn't always bring out the best of people. Yeah. Which is why it's really important I mean, I think social media is great for getting the information out. But at the end of the day, you really need to bring people together face to face to have. I mean, I want to I want to bring people together just so they can see my Hot Wheels cars. (laughs) 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 Yes, that was actually looking at your collection. Even with the Lego guy, his head can come off and crash. (laughs) Isn't that sad? (laughs) And then we've got the ambulance to come get him. Okay, so it sounds like maybe we could. Sorry, Nick, I'm still playing. Boys in their cars. Um, do you guys want to make some kind of a a, a, prop, a proposal for uh, next steps? And, and Why don't we do like a big live uh, town <laughs> hall? So my understanding <laughs> is that Council District 11 is trying to organize a forum or town hall at the end of January. Mm-hmm. Um, and my understanding is that LADOT will be there as well. We asked for it to be more of a question and answer with the entire uh, group who comes versus having the charrettes and that kind of thing. That because kind of because the community wants to ask questions, hear the answers, get the information. But you know what? Screw the city. Why don't we do – I mean, let's do that too. They should. They, this is what they need to do. We're going to bend them over our laps and spank them because they haven't been. But so, why, why can't we have – what about just the opposition? Like, I want to meet everybody. I want to talk to everybody. Like, let's do something with more people and, and forget the city and let's do this on our own or something. I don't know. So we could do that or we could ask the Mar Vista Community Council, like I've asked them before, to call a special meeting to bring together both of the sides to have them, you know, talk a little bit about what their position is and, and how they see this and then, you know, move that into a discussion, right? And talk about, you know, what's the most important thing for you on Venice Boulevard, okay? And then what's the most important thing for you? Yeah. And can we focus on the things we really super want and compromise on some of the other things? And, you know, if we can't do some of the things now on Venice Boulevard that are there, if they're not working, that doesn't necessarily mean that in the future we can't, you know, work towards that goal. But let's figure out a way so that people are happier about this situation and not pushing back so hard, you know. Unfortunately, this happened in Chicago too, right? There was yeah. a street where they did this. The community was not properly informed. And the aldermen wound up rolling the whole thing back. I'm not suggesting we yeah. roll the whole thing back. But I think that, you know, some concessions are going to be need to made in order to get the community back on board with this. Is, is Demetrios part of your group? He is. Okay. I just talked to him the other day. He's actually an old friend. We used to work together in Culver City. He's kind of our business liaison to Restore yeah. Venice Boulevard. But but he, like a lot of other people, are also yeah. involved with other things, right? Yeah, yeah uh, he should be part of it, too. Yes, I mean, definitely. I and don't other know. business owners as well, if, if we can get them to participate. It's, it's hard maybe, to get Maybe them. I'm just being an egotistical maniac, but uh, I want to sit in front of everybody and just let's bring it on. Bring on everything. Let's hear it all. 
you know. And that's where the chicken wire comes in, of course. But <laughs> no, it doesn't. But, uh, but, but yeah, just like because I feel like when we, when we get really formal, everybody gets super tense, and uh, we need that too. But um, it's like at that Mar Vista Council, it was just like so tense. It was crazy, and that was we haven't we already done the Mar Vista Council? Uh, so what we, would be different? We did the board of directors meeting, which was basically pass a motion asking for the lanes restored. And of course, it didn't didn't happen and it didn't go over very well. I would say now that we're months out of this process, um, what really we have a conflict. What we really need to do is get everyone to sit down around a table and start talking about their issues we need to start talking about finding common ground. We need to start talking about finding solutions. Like, I want to get everybody on a big picture mode. That's my goal. Get on the big, big picture here because I just can't stand traffic anymore. And I want, to, I want to do something else. And I'm sure that if we got a big group together, people would all say we can't stand traffic anymore. Yeah. However, you know, again, the issue in the long run is let's try to fix the traffic in the immediate issue the immediate issue on Venice Boulevard is we don't like the gridlock and the cut through traffic I think for the cut through uh, I mean I don't know what mechanisms you guys have to communicate with LADOT and we, we're running out of time look at this we're two and a half, hours. Two and a half <laughs> hours see we need this much time to really talk about it this is insane actually we but, need an ongoing conversation about this yeah. and to be honest with you um, let's start a Facebook group well, we can do that. And everybody There's can heckle freely. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, I think in person. So at the Great Streets Ad Hoc Committee meeting, it mm -hmm. might be a place to do this. That's yeah. already set up. Or starting a task. A, I want to meet at a park. A community. Well. I want to meet at a park. And it's not going to be a showdown. We're not going to have a fight or anything. What, at the picnic <laughs> benches? At yeah. At our Vista Recreation yes. Center? Let's just meet. Because all this formal stuff is like, it's so stifling. Like, look at us having this conversation that's freeform. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it took two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know. I think but there's a lot to talk about. I, I mean, know. this is a complex situation, right? Yeah, very complex. And it requires, you know, a toolbox <laughs> of solutions. Is there enough hard drive space on that computer for this conversation? I don't, yeah. I, don't I think we got to cut it. I think we got to okay. do it. We got to cut it. You know that song? No, that's like a rap song. That's, you know, All right, so okay. I guess Nothing. we just have to just stop. <laughs> This okay. conversation. For now, For but now. I think that, you know, let's talk about continuing the conversation mm -hmm. and bringing more people in the community into the conversation. And more how Maybe cars. what's going to take to resolve this situation is not going through the Marvista Community Council or LADOT, but coming together as grassroots organizations and stakeholders and saying, hey, you know what? If our leaders can't step up and help, you know, end the conflict and bring this to a resolution, then maybe we need to do it. We need to have a big old hoedown. That's what we need. <laughs> How about a barbecue and a picnic oh in the park? Oh, my God. <laughs> a barbecue with a cooler with, uh, you know, special, special water <laughs> drinks. That would be amazing. Let's do a barbecue. Let's, let's, have off, a let's hold off on the special bikes till after we're done talking, though, okay? <laughs> yeah, that could get rowdy. But uh, bikes bikes versus uh, cars, barbecue. Oh, no, no. <laughs> a community barbecue community where we bring barbecue. everyone together to talk about a multimodal transportation to, future. I'm always trying to hype like Don Stir King. Stir it up. Yeah. 
Okay. No, no, no. We don't need Community. more conflict. We need more people coming together and resolving the issues. <laughs> okay. Agreed. Agreed. Handshakes. Yep. Handshakes. Right. Let's do a handshake uh, sound effect. Wait Is that? Are you willing to be photographed handshaking each other? Yeah, of course. Uh, let me get the mic in the picture. And the cars. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Great. All right. I'm taking my cars and going. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group.